Robbie, lead the way. Gotta love that sound. So we're going to be turning in the scriptures a number of places. You can go to Nehemiah chapter 4. We'll be there. We're, we're still uh, <clears throat> looking at and, and uh, giving thought to having a mindset for others. A little bit different take on the book of Nehemiah, but uh, using some of that as an example. But we have uh, already looked at three different mindsets that, that we need to have if we are going to be used by God to uh, reach others. And, and uh, I, I pray that um, this will continue to resonate in our church for years and years to come that we understand that ministry is serving and that we're all in the ministry and we're all here to serve God and we serve God by serving people. And, and so I hope that we spend our energy or at least not, maybe not all of it. I mean, there are things that we need to, to do to keep ourselves healthy spiritually and physically too, but I do pray that most of our energy is used to impact others uh, for eternity. And, and I pray that we can be challenged by that. I, I can't but help think, and, and uh, as I was sitting there listening to the special and giving thought to some words to say, and, and uh, I can't but help think about where, and I'm, I, I've lost the address of it right now, but Paul made the statement that uh, he would rather be spent for the people. And um, we need to be willing to uh, give our lives to uh, reach others for eternity and uh, make sure that we are uh, constantly uh, being uh, willing to be used by God to reach others. And so this mindset that we have, we need to recognize uh, Christ's ownership is the first thing and realize that whenever we trust Christ as our Savior, then we start realizing the divine plan that God has for each one of us as individuals, and and we understand in that that uh, our body is His temple and and the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. We're not our own, but we are His, and we've been bought by a price. And we realize that Christ is the owner of the church, also, and that even as we come together as a group of individuals, and we we come together in assembly and worshiping God, and as God uses us to to go out as a, as a church body and to reach our community and, and reach the world with the gospel and how we need to continue to do so and, and uh, uh, realize the importance of that and being separate from everything else. The, the, the church is something that's supernatural. The church is something that has been bought by the blood of Christ and, and it needs to represent our Lord and Savior in all areas and all ministries and then secondly, in that mindset, if we're helping others, then we also need to accept responsibility and ownership and realize that God wants to use us. And there are times where I think that we, we allow Satan to get on our shoulders and chirp at us and remind us of our past. And, and even in our own minds, we sit there and, 
and listen to these things and, and we're uh, afraid to be used or think that we can't be used and think that you are uh, too damaged to be able to be used, and that's not at all true. And God's Word shows us that we need to be courageous and, and faithful and, and take action and, and make a difference in people's lives and use what we have going on in our lives to make an impact on others. And sometimes that means that as you are sitting, uh, sitting down and having dinner with someone or, or, or in just having a meeting with someone and talking and learning more about them, that you become a little vulnerable, but you, uh, you, you open up yourself about things going on in your life and how God's using that and working in your life. And you'll never know that that uh, in that conversation you might find out that they know a person or maybe they're going through the very same thing that you're going through and together then you find that that uh, it helps. E- Ecclesiastes talks about that that uh, just one chord is, is not very strong, but whenever you bring two or three chords together, then uh, we see a strength that, that is hard broken. And, and that's exactly what we need to be looking at in our church family is looking at helping others and building that kind of a relationship where where it's lifelong and it's eternally lasting as we help each other. And so we accept responsibility and ownership. And then last week we were in the book of Nehemiah and there we, do, we saw that we need to develop a strategy. And our church body needs a plan and, and we need to understand that as we go forward and, and we are looking at doing these things that there is opposition that comes and and we need to to write down this plan and have an idea of what we're doing and then we need to engage in that and and all along we we know and understand that that there are those that are that are going to be naysayers there's going to be the critics that are always standing up and trying to stop us there's satan himself that's going to be throwing blockades at you and and trying to, to dissuade you from helping others and, and trying to get you to be focused on your problems and your issues and thinking that you're so damaged that uh, not only could you not help anyone, but you can't even help yourself and that you give up. And, and we, we know and, and understand the, the fights that are going on. But uh, as we give thought to Nehemiah as he's building that wall and and as we give thought to our church body, as, as Nehemiah was seeking to do what God wanted him to do and, and, and was encouraging those around him to do exactly that and to stand up and do something great for God and, and, and to do something wonderful for God, and in actually a short amount of time, we see, oh, there's all kinds of opposition. And same way in our, in our lives as individuals and as a church, that as we think about our goal and, and we think about our theme and and we think about what it is that, that God wants to do in our lives and take what we wrote down as the worst things that's ever happened in our lives and, and He wants to take that very thing and do something miraculous with it and supernatural. And, and we need to, to understand that whenever we do that and, and we say that as individuals, God, I do want to be used, and, and we say it as a church body, then then the very gates of hell are going to be opened against us and trying to stop us because Satan knows that whenever we are truly open with God and we are truly seeking His power and and His will for our lives, that there's nothing that can stand against that. And, And he even says that even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
so oh how we need to look to him and so we we uh, a, a, as we get into this strategy and figuring out ways that that we need to be used of God then there are times where where we need to intervene we need to intervene in our own lives and and pull back and say, hey, these things aren't the, I'm not headed the direction that I need to go. Or, or, or you intervene in someone else's life and you say, hey, you're not going the direction you ought to go. And, and we're here to help and, and want to help you with that. And, and, and we need to, to identify those vulnerabilities that we have in our lives, in our church body. And we need to protect each other. And and uh, he tells us in Galatians chapter 6, you can turn over there if you'd like, and then we will get into to Nehemiah, so keep your finger there, okay? But over in Galatians chapter 6, here he tells us, brethren, in verse 1, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. doesn't say that one that's overtaken and... and, and uh, 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 in, in a fault, in, in some kind of a sin, uh, uh, whatever, it, whatever it may be, that uh, we, we condone it. But those that are overtaken, we need to be spiritual. We need to be walking with the Lord, being filled with the Spirit, and restore such a one. We, we are in the ministry of restoration. God, God is the one that, that restores us and, uh, in, in the standing that we have with God. But Jesus also is, is, it restores that relationship. But he chooses to use us to do that many times and, and how we need to look to that. But then he goes on and, and he tells us, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Oh, always be keeping a watchful eye on yourself. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the love of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. You, you see, we are we we are uh, capable of doing anything in this flesh if we're following our flesh and not following the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And we need to help each other, and we need to strengthen one another, and 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 hold each other accountable, and pray for one another, and and be there to to uh, uh, see another person have victory in their lives. And and so we need to bear one another's burdens. But also, he tells us, Paul writes. Uh, also, and he writes this in Timothy to a young man who's preparing to go into the ministry, and and he tells, or he's in the ministry, and he's very young at it, and and this is what he says in in uh, uh, verse eighteen of chapter one of First Timothy. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away. Concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. And, and then uh, uh, um, uh, another one coming to my mind in, in uh, uh, oh man, is 2 Corinthians. Well, there, there's also another place where, where Paul is uh, uh, guarding himself and, and denying himself many times to make sure that he doesn't shipwreck his own faith also. But in both of those, we need to understand that if we are going to help others, then we also need to make sure that we have a humble heart and we're doing so through the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. And it's only by doing God's will that we're going to have the power that He wants us to, 
to have. And, and so always realize the weaknesses that we have in our own lives and how we constantly need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Remember, he told us in Ephesians 5 and verse 18, there he gives us a command and he says uh, in, in uh, Ephesians 5 and, and verse 18, he says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess and debauchery and, and all kinds of a mess, but be filled with the Spirit. When when we are filled with ourself, when we are filled with the things of the world, when we're filled with the, the wine, as he says here, and, and it could be a plethora of things that's, that's in our lives that, that are filling us, and, and we're filled with all these things of the world, then all it's going to do is cause chaos in our lives. And, and instead, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to understand in, in, uh, in our walk how powerful the, the devil is and that we need to be walking in the power of his, uh, in God's might and only his might. And then we see God can use us. Well, Nehemiah was one of those guys. I do believe that he, he was walking in the power of God's might. We saw, uh, heard a message uh, last Sunday night on Nehemiah that, that uh, Pastor West brought in uh, understanding some things about the spirituality of, of Nehemiah and the power that was used in, in his life to make a difference. And so we always need to guard these things and realize that, that we all are vulnerable in places and we need to guard against that. And so go to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mock the Jews. One of the things you need to realize that when you truly start getting serious about serving God, and and in all honesty, I can say that everybody sitting here, if we were honest with ourselves, that we would have to say that, yeah, I could do more. I could do more for God. I, I could be more spiritual in my life than than what I am, and and I could dedicate more time to Him, and more talents and and treasures, and and everything. And 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 I and do I really truly love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, as He tells us, and and says that's the greatest commandment that we have, and and how we ought to do that, and and we can improve on that, and and we should, and. And I want you to know, though, whenever you say, hey, I am not going to walk like the world, and, and I'm not going to be so focused on myself that everything else is getting neglected, and, and no longer am I going to be pampering myself in all of this, but rather, I'm going to, God, I am going to, uh, I'm, I want you to use me so that I can make a difference in others' lives. When you do that, there's those sand ballots that come into your life that are naysayers, and, and not only are they naysayers, but they are angry at what you are doing for a number of reasons. I mean, most of them are unsaved, and they think you're, you're, you're moving off into some religious field, and, and they have no idea what you're doing. But also by your lifestyle and the things that you're no longer doing, you, you see that they get convicted over those things. And then I mean, there's all kinds of emotions that go. And, and here, Sam Ballot was just an enemy, and he hated them. He just didn't want anything to happen that, that could be any good and, and uh, uh, see God's blessings upon their lives. And there are going to be those that are going to challenge you, and the number one enemy that you have is Satan himself. And, and we need to understand the way that we beat him is through the power of God's might. And praise the Lord that we can. We can have victory. And 
He spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Are they going to complete this? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Oh, he's mocking them. And Tobiah the Ammonite was by him. And he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. And so we see the we see here the, the ungodly reaction whenever we start doing the things that God wants us to do. You know, in that couple's retreat, one of the things we need to understand whenever we get serious about having a relationship with our spouse that is God-honoring in everything, we're going to see that Satan is going to challenge that. Some of you probably got home last night and were already challenged by what's going on, and, and, and here you are, but you're here today. Praise the Lord for that. And we need to continue to focus on the Lord and focus on His strength and power and being obedient to Him and sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God and, and, and understand that there are always going to be those attacks just like they were against Nehemiah. But then we see Nehemiah's reaction, verses 4 through 6 here. He says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Look, whenever we, we do decide that, hey, God's working in my heart, He's convicting me and showing me that I do need to do more to help others because our life here on earth is short and, and, and all the things that you collect and all those things that, that, that you can buy in this world one day are all going to be gone. But the things that truly matter and those things that last for eternity, we need to understand that's where we need to spend our time. That's where we need to be focusing. That's when we need to be focusing on others and helping them to get there to where God wants them to be. And when we do that, we need to be praying for God's help and understanding that He is there and then build the wall. Do the work. Do what it is that God wants you to do, whether there's naysayers or not. And, and even when the very gates of hell are, are trying to knock on your door and, and try to keep you from doing those things, you just keep marching forward because you know that God is more powerful. And allow God to use you to reach others and, and help them along the way. And then we, we go on further in this, uh, and, and we see there's, whenever, this is where I tell you that there's a battle. Because you think, okay, we're going to keep going, and the enemies are going to fall, fall beside the wayside. No, that's just when the antagonists get even uh, uh, more forceful. Look at this. It says, but it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. And so now we see that the, the further you go in, in being serious about your commitment and your walking with God and making a difference for eternity in your family and your, in your marriage and in the, the other people's walks and in the church family and, and you're going to do more, well, then we see that, well, you had one enemy. Now Sanballat got Tobiah along with him and then they went out and got all the Samaritans and then 
got all these other characters to come along with them. And, and now, Lord, here I am trying to do the thing that you want me to do. And it just keeps getting harder and harder and harder to do it. Well, that's just biblical. That's just what God's showing us is, is going to happen in our lives along the way. And, 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 and we need to understand that we get our power from God because look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Oh, how careful we need to be. Remember, showed you the picture of the lion that, that was uh, eating his prey last, last week. And, and you give thought to the very uh, description that God gave us in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 about Satan being that roaring lion and, and uh, pretty graphic in, in what I described, but that is exactly what happens in our lives. And that is exactly what happens in people's lives whenever we decide that we want to not heed the warnings that God gives us and, and we don't want to do the things that God wants us to do and, and we think that we can do this on our own. You're getting away from the herd and, and you're getting away from the strength that you have and in the strength of God and in the strength of other believers and, and pretty soon you're going to be picked off as prey. Now we need to guard against those things and, and we need to make our prayer unto God but we need to set a watch against them day and night. Oh, there's challenges that come and, and how we need to get, uh, gather together and pray for one another and, and encourage one another to do what's right according to the Scripture. You're not, you're not on an island by yourself and, and you don't come here and, and think that we're not going to do everything we can to get to know you and so that we can pray for you and help along the way and how we all need to be involved in this. We need to allow God to use us and and Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. And there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. So they, first of all, they go to God and they pray and they ask for his strength. And then they set up a watch. They're doing their part in, in all of this. And they set up this watch day and night against the enemy. And, and then they say, you know, if we're really going to be effective, though, we got all this garbage. We got all this baggage that needs to be gone. Where do we take that baggage? To the cross. To the cross. We take our baggage and we give it to Him. We say, Lord, I know I'm broken and I know I've made a mess of my life and, and I know that, that I'm holding on to some of these things that, that have happened to me and, and I'm angry because it's not fair and, and I'm angry that these things have happened to me or my loved one and, 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 and I can't get things right in my heart and my life and, but I don't want to do this anymore and I want you to be able to take those terrible things that's happened in my life and I want you to be able to use them to make a difference in someone else's life and, and Lord, you need to help me to get rid of this baggage. You need to take it and, and you need to pull it outside and, and, and burn it and, and I can walk away from it and truly be free of it. You're never going to heal until you just get rid of it. You have to get rid of it and allow God to take it and use it in a, in a way that truly is eternal. And so here that and, and the much rubbish so that we're not able to build the wall. You ever thought of that? I mean, you, 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 the, the reason being that maybe you can't help others is because you're just hanging on to all your trash. You know, we're hoarders, really. You think about it. 
I mean, one of the biggest money makers I've heard is, is these rental storage units, you know? I mean, we store junk. I, got, I have one. I walk in there, and I get mad at myself. I look at this stuff, and I'm like, what in the world is this for? You know, if that, if that crazy shipping container didn't have a wood floor, I think I'd just go in there with some diesel, light it up, you know, leave a little crack so it's get a little oxygen and just, you know, walk in there and sweep the ashes out later, you know. And, but we have, we're hoarders. I mean, you think about even, have, have anybody here ever seen somebody homeless with a, with a cart? Uh, what do they have in that? Junk. Pretty much junk, you know. They're just like the rest of us. You know, got to have this, got to have that. We're hoarding all this kind of junk, and that's the way we are spiritually. We like to hoard our stuff, and, and, and we like to hold on to it, and, and we like to hide it from everybody, and, and we don't want anybody to see this, and, and we don't want to open ourselves up to anybody because what are they going to say, or, or what are they going to think about me? And, 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 and when, whenever you're doing that, then, then here it says that, that uh, there's so much rubbish that we're not able to build, and, and you're not able to help anybody else because you've got so much junk in your life, and you need to get rid of it. So get rid of it. All of us need to do that. God is powerful enough to take, look, when, whenever you go to Him and you ask Him to forgive you and to come into your heart and be your Savior, God is big enough to forgive you of all your sins. His sacrifice was sufficient for the sins of the world. We need to understand the, the wonderful power of God and His forgiveness and and here we see that, that they weren't able to build because all the rubbish and our adversaries said, they shall not know neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Oh, the infiltration here, they'll, they'll, they'll come in and, and uh, uh, well, in verse 10 it says too, and Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burden is decayed. There's much rubbish so that we're not able to build the wall. And so we have our own problems now we have the adversaries coming in and it came to pass that when the jews which dwelt by them came they said unto us ten times from all places whence ye shall return unto us they will be upon you oh they they were warned of their adversaries plans and and they said hey they're coming in and they're and and they're going to surround us and they're going to infiltrate in and they're going to destroy everything that we have that's all a part of satan's plans you see, we need to intervene. We need to, we need to understand that God is all-powerful and God can deliver us from that. And, and so if we're going to be used of God and, and we really are going to make an impact on others, then, then we need to understand the, the vulnerabilities that we have in our own lives and, and we need to, to understand that God can give us strength in those weaknesses and, and how we need to look to Him. And so if we're going to have the mindset for others, then... Uh, we need to intervene when necessary and identify these things and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But also the last one, if we're really going to be used of God and your character will be, will be tested, your faith will be tested, God will make sure of that. You need to learn to endure hardness. If we are truly going to be effective for God, we need to learn to endure Hardness. When, when Paul was writing to Timothy, he, he wrote a second letter to Timothy, the young man 
that was in the ministry, his second letter, Paul wrote right before he died. And so in, in 2 Timothy, we have a, a parting letter, you might say. These are Paul's last words that, that we have recorded that, that Paul had written before he died. And, and these are the things that he wanted Timothy to know. And he wanted to encourage him. And, and so he tells him in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And so be strong in the grace that is given to us through our, through our Savior. We need to be strong in the power of God. We need to be strong in, in, the, in walking in the Holy Spirit of God and, and making sure that we are covered in the full armor of God. And, and, these, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know something that's interesting about that and giving thought, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Paul did not say it just one time. Paul said it over and over and over and over. He was teaching them and, and showing them the truth of God's Word and, and helping them to understand more about it. You, you know, part of our test of our character and our faith is you go out and you talk to someone and, and you're trying to help them, and the first time you reach out to them, you get shut down. You're like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I open myself up and they just shut me down. Lord, I'm not into this. Well, your faith was pretty weak. You can't handle any kind of adversity at all. Proverbs 24, verse 16, first part of that verse says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. And that's seven times. It really isn't a number that we keep track of. It just means you fall down, you get back up. You fall down, you get back up. You fall down and you stay down, you lose the race. You lose your effectiveness. I know I use a lot of the same stories, but they still make an impact on me. When I was at the Spickard Fall, uh, Fall Festival, Spickard, Missouri is a little town I grew up in, population 289. Three of them were severe grouches. And uh, but every year we had a fall festival in September. It was great. Man, that town was alive. You know, we had a parade and... And then people had little booths set up, and they had different races. And, and uh, when I was little, they had a tricycle race. And I still remember this. I don't know how old I was. I can't remember a whole lot of things, but I, I do remember that. And I remember it was me and Tim Stewart. And, and I can't remember Jolene McIntosh, I think, was in it. We called her Booger Barn McIntosh. But um, I don't know. There was a bunch of us that was in that race. And and I, I remember we're, I mean, we're on Main Street of Spickard. It looked like there were thousands of people, you know, in that town. And, and we're having that race, and we take off on those tricycles, and, and I am blowing them away. I mean, I knew how to run a trike, you know, and I'm zipping down through there, and I wrecked. And I, and I was mad. I mean, you, you got to remember, I didn't get hurt very often. When you're dumb, you got to be tough, you know. So I wasn't hurt. I just, I crashed. I'm laying there, and I'm mad because I wrecked. And I had enough time to get back up, if I wanted to, get on the trike, and still beat them. But I laid there because I was mad, and I lost. Why would that still bother me today? I, 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 I hate 
I hate quitting. I hate quitting whatever it is. Whatever we start, we finish. And, and you know, sometimes in, in, in life, and this is the devil's world that we're living in, Satan is chirping at you in your ear and telling you you just need to quit. He's telling you in your marriage that you need to quit. He's telling you with your children that you just need to quit and let somebody else deal with it. He's telling you in society, whatever it is that, that you're doing, he's chirping in your ear and telling you, hey, you just need to quit those things and, and all is going to be okay and, and just try to live under the radar and, and all is going to be okay. And, and, and whenever you start making the commitments to truly be serious for God and, and to be used like God wants you to be used, then you need to understand that you need to learn to endure hardness because there's going to come a time in your life where God is going to allow these things in your life to, to strengthen you so that you have the power and the strength and the faith and the trust to get through whatever it is, and you do not quit. Too many quitters in life today. Remember, he said in Psalm 119, 71, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Oh, we need to, we, we need to let it, we, we need to let the, the hardness uh, and, and those hard times make us harder to, to, to the attacks and more faithful in our walk and, and to walk and to be what God wants us to be. Look, I, I have way too many people come to me and, and, and they, and they want to save their marriage and, and, and they want to, and they want to see their family the way that it needs to be and, and they want all these things to go well and you lay it out in the scripture, here it is, this is what you need to do, and you need to do it every morning when you wake up. You need to do it all day long as you're walking through the day. You need to do it whenever you're in the evenings and, and going to bed, and it needs to be a lifestyle, and, and everything about what's going on in your life needs to change. God needs to be first, and if you're ever going to save what it is that you have worked many years to try to destroy by doing it your way, you need to understand it's not some magic pill that you can get. It's not some microwave that you can throw in and zap it for 30 seconds and it's okay. But it is something that is going to take years and years and years. And you need to do what's right consistently day in and day out. And then pretty soon you'll find out that your marriage is stronger. You'll see that your children are stronger. You'll see that society is stronger. You'll see that the church is stronger because you have a bunch of people that aren't quitters. But oh, how we need to understand that to get tough, you have to deal with tough situations. I mean, think about it. Think about it if, if our military, and, and especially those, those special forces that, that go out and, and do some miraculous things to keep us safe, can you imagine if you have some pansy general that comes out and says, look, we're just being too hard on these guys, and we need to just accept everybody into this, and, all, you know, and, and we've got to quit making these things so hard to do. Uh, where are we going to get? We'll lose everything we have. And how we need to understand that, and, and, and you know where it's, it, it starts, if we're going to be used to reach others and to make a difference, we need to learn to endure hardness. We need to under, and let that hardness refine our character. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 4. It goes on, and, and here we need to 
defend God's work and God's people and, and know there's hardness come, and, and hard times coming. Therefore, set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked up and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Do you understand what we are seeing there? When, and, and here he is. He's in. Look, they're, they're telling us that we're going to get separated or, or we're going to get surrounded, and there are people that are going to come around and try to destroy us. And if you as a church body and we as believers today are saying, hey, I do want to be committed to this, and, and I do want to do what God wants me to do, do you understand that there, there is a great and terrible thing that is to be feared out there? And you need to understand that you need to fight for your brethren. You need to fight for your sons. You need to fight for your daughters. You need to fight for your wives. You need to fight for your houses. You need to do battle with the one that's trying to destroy everything in your life. And you need to understand that it's not going to come by having a, a, a daily dose of Krispy Kreme donut theology and think that it's going to feel good by coming to church one day a week and think that your conscience is going to be good and that you can get through the week. It's going to come from a life change in your life and say, God, I am truly committed and it's not some lucky horseshoe thing that I'm doing and it's not some uh, whiny crybaby kind of commitment that I can get out at any time. Look, this contract has been sealed with the very blood of Jesus Christ. And he means something. And he wants your family to stay together. And he wants this church to grow and, and to be strong and, and faithful and walk and, and help others along the way and not be judgmental and, and, and those kinds of things, but help people in their sinful state to understand, hey, you're in a sinful state and you need to get out of that and you need to walk with God and you need to have God's blessings upon your life. And God will change us. God will change us. But it's not easy. And there are attacks that come from everywhere around you. You know, I, I have it on my, on my desk. We as a church, there, there's a statement I'll share in a moment. We as a church, we need to stand up and help each other. Martin Luther King Jr. said, it's not the, it's not the loud voices of your critics that you will remember. It's the silence of your friends. Let us be a church body that truly helps each other. And you will never get to that until you understand there's going to be hardness in your life. And God wants to take that and use it in your life to refine your character and use you for something that's magnificent and truly supernatural. You go back to Nehemiah. And here it tells us that they went and they started repairing these things and doing the things that, that uh, 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 they, they needed to be doing. And <laughs> I, I lost where I wanted to go with this. And it tells us that Look at verse 18. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his sight, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet 
was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning until the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. And then look at this. So neither I nor my brethren nor my servants nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that every one put them off for washing. You know what? They endured hardness. I mean, they, they endured these guys came in, and they did all kinds of things trying to stop them. And Nehemiah stayed focused on doing what it was he needed to do. He led the people. The people understood that they were into something that was much bigger than them. And God used them to rebuild the walls and the gates in 52 days. And did something miraculous. Together. Together. But if we're going to do this, you know what? How strong is the chain? Only as strong as its weakest link. Don't be the weak link. Don't be that link. Don't be the one that breaks. But in your humility, you understand my strength only comes from my Lord. And there are times where all of us will become weak. And it's then that you're picked up by your fellow brethren. And you're prayed for. And you're encouraged. And they send you a text or they call you or they sit down and ha have a meal with you and share some scripture and, and are just there to be your friend. And you realize that, hey, that's a cord that's all wound together. And, and now I can see that, that, no, I don't always have to be strong, but this one will pick me up. But especially in all of that, they're going to be showing me that, hey, God is there and he is going to help me. And you rise up again and you just keep doing the work. And God blesses. And we make a difference in others that lasts for eternity. Let us be that. Let us have a mindset that revolutionizes our lives, changes our marriages, changes our families, actually teaches our children to not be self-centered, but actually to look at others and how, we can, how they can help each other. And let's be a church body that God will bless and used for many, many years to make an eternal difference in people's lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord Adoniam Judson, many years ago, you called him to the country of Burma. And it was there as he worked hard and shared the gospel and many times was weak in his own. But, Lord, you used him greatly. And he made a statement that don't, live, don't underlive your life. Help us not to do that. Help us not to underlive our lives, but truly live our lives for others as we serve you. Father, to do that, I realize and understand that we have baggage and we need to get rid of it. 
Lord, those things that we wrote on that list, I had no idea what would be there. You did. And Lord, some of them have gotten victory and some of them are using it. Others wrote that down with tears in their eyes and a bitterness in their hearts still. And I pray that you will help them. I pray that you will give them victory over something that they have no power over anymore. It's just controlled them. And that, Lord, today, that baggage is let go. And they start realizing the power of the cross and your forgiveness and restoration. And, Father, I pray that you use us powerfully. I pray that we see our families completely changed, revolutionized. And through that, I pray that it filters through our community. Now, Father, you use us to reach many more for eternity. Lord, we love you. And I pray you show us in our hearts what it is that we need to release today. Help us get it out of our lives today. Let us walk out of here and know and understand more about your power and strength. And I pray that you do all of these things for your honor and your glory. Truly, we love you. And it's a privilege to be a child of God. And help us, Father, to be what you want us to be. Guide and direct us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.